for you guys? Hello. <laughs> did that actually play for you guys? Because on my end, I don't know what just it happened. Did, yeah, yeah, played. Okay. <laughs> on my end, I literally caught it as it was going off. What a uh, <laughs> uh, Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Worst Ones podcast. Um, my name is Rudy Wilson. I am I am uh, on the go. I'm in Airbnb, so forgive me if you're watching this uh, via YouTube. That is why my uh, signal is so shitty. But hopefully you can hear my uh, my uh, vocals uh, clearly throughout this whole conversation. Got the homies here, Terry Wayne and Janessa Rowland. How hey. you guys doing? What's popping? How, how you guys doing? Doing all right? Hanging in there? Yeah, yeah. I had a really good day. I don't know about Janessa, but I had a really good day. I had a good day. It's hot in Atlanta. It's like 72 today. 72 and sunny, so it's like a spring day and very productive work-wise. So, yeah. Nice. Why, why was your day so good, Terry? Huh? You just said, what, what was so good about your day? Just good things. Just feeling positive vibes today, man. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. No doubt. Yeah, I've, uh, I got to see the Grand Cane for the first time today in my life, Ooh. so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty... Uh, it's, it, it's definitely one of those things that's like, I mean, it doesn't even look real while you're looking at it. You know what I'm saying? It looks like a, a, a picture or a mural or something. So, isn't the, Go ahead. I was going to say, isn't the Grand Canyon the thing that killed the dinosaurs, supposedly? No. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I thought it was, I thought it was like a meteor or something that hit the no, earth. That was, and That was in the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico. There's a giant crater underneath the Gulf of Mexico. They say that's that one. The Grand Canyon was formed by the Colorado River, slowly eating its way through the rock over time. Okay. I've been, I've been, I've been about three times, and uh, I, I tell everybody it's the same thing. I'm like, it is the most breathtaking, majestic twenty minutes of your life, and then yeah. after that, it's just a hole in the ground, and you're like, what do we do next? You know. <laughs> but it's, but it's totally worth the 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not. It's completely worth it because it's it's awe-inspiring. But yeah. after that, it's just like, all right, what do we do now? You want to throw stuff in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, like I said, I, I didn't even realize it was in Arizona. I always thought it was like, like I knew it was on the West Coast, but I thought it was up north somewhere, maybe like Wyoming or something or whatever. Well, I didn't realize it was even in. Technically, it's in a few states. It's an Arizona, right, right, right. Nevada. It's big enough; it goes right. to a bunch. Yeah, but to ask, I didn't even know it was down this way. Like, I didn't even know, like, living in LA, I could have made a trip. You know, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was that close. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, it was cool to see. You know what I'm saying? I, um, like I said, I, I enjoyed every every bit of the 20 minutes. You know, and after 20 minutes, it's like, all right, well, got this podcast to go do. So let's, <laughs> let's get on the out of here. Yeah. Um. So I did want to I did want to pose a question that I'm curious as to you guys' thoughts. because uh, Janessa, even off camera, right before we got started, you were kind of speaking about uh New Orleans and 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 why why you had been to New Orleans so much. Um and it wasn't because of Mardi Gras, but it was because of like church events or whatever. And so it made me just even I mean, that fed into what I already want to talk about, but it was something that we talked about last week that made me think about, you know, us going to you know 
it's not necessarily we didn't go to a youth conference it was the full gospel conference or whatever but we just were with the youth side you know right uh, which is separate from the adults so you have your own like you know we're staying in hotel rooms whatever like with other kids you know what i'm saying like it's not this isn't like you're with your parents and then breaking off during the daytime so this is full but like you're riding the bus with all youth new chaperones whatever so you got that then i remember like once upon a time doing like lock-ins, like, you know, like you stay overnight at the church, like the teens, whatever like that. And so what I'm, uh, the point I'm getting at is, is that um, when I asked, I guess this more specific question, uh, were they, were they like the conferences and stuff productive? Uh, the reason why I say, I guess I use the word productive because I, they were meant for the purpose of, you know, um, I guess, you know, keeping you from being, I guess, away from the world stuff at, you know, at night or whatever like that, or throughout day, you can be around a church environment. But like, I know for a fact, like shit was going down in these different occasions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, and I, <laughs> I know this for a fact, you know what I'm saying? I didn't always know it, but as I got older and started being hip to stuff and I was just like, Oh, Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so I just want to know you guys, yeah. whether it's personal experiences, whether it's just whatever, but just what are you guys' thoughts and 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 its productivity towards like, do do you think like you know the, like the church that's a thing that could be a good thing or, it's, or it can always go sour maybe because of the teenage hormones? Gone, <laughs> Janessa. Well, <clears throat> I've been to my fair share of conferences, um, lock-ins, um, whatever you want to call it, and. Right. Some of them were really good. And I wish, mm -hmm. I mean, Kelly's going to come on here. I think her church's youth conferences were spot on. Banging. They were productive. They were engaging. Um, they were fun. Um, I mean, I don't know if anything was popping off at those conferences, but I just really felt like Kelly's dad and her uncle, both in general, um, have a way of like, engaging and connecting and being able to speak where people are and mm. that's a, a gift that not everybody has not every youth ministry has um i think sometimes the uh what you call it the the idea was a good idea but mm. uh it wasn't executed well i.e <laughs> maybe not enough chaperones um, maybe like you could get to places that in the church you, or wherever the lock-in or whatever it was where no one was, um, and stuff went down. Um, I think some, some conferences were, and I hate to say this, but was boring. Um, like literally like it felt like, you know, they were talking at you instead of mm -hmm. talking to you type of situation. Mm -hmm. And it was like the. Uh, brimstone and you're going straight to hell if you have sex or if you drink mm. or if you watch pornography like it was very much so like you know um, and then I sometimes think like Rudy I don't know if you went to this lock in it was like we were at the church for a certain extent and then they rented out the foam factory and all American adventures which is mm -hmm. like next to whitewater like I don't know if that was like a church it was supposed to be like a bible study and then you go have fun 
Um, but right. I think stuff like that probably should have just been fun. And right. sometimes I think churches label it like, I don't know, Bible, right. all night Bible study or on fire right. for Jesus. Yeah, like I think on fire for Jesus. <laughs> on fire for Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. Like I just think some things should have been separate. Uh, but right. they tried to put it under this bubble of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Christianity, mm-hmm. churchy, whatever. Um, and I also remember we went to a conference at my dad's church. It was in somebody's mountain with somebody's cabin. And again, um, it, they tried to do the fun activities and um Bible study, church service type of thing. Um, And I thought that was pretty good. Um, I just also think, again, like it depends on who your your leaders are. Like um, something I've seen in churches recently is you have a lot of older people. And I'm not saying anything against older people, but who are over the youth ministry and like they can't relate. Like For sure. you know, the kids are, are doing all the TikToks and the busting and the mm-hmm. silhouette, and these leaders are like, What uh, is a TikTok? You know, yeah. so I think that's kind of the new age challenge, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Y'all can y'all can chip in anytime because I have plenty well, of one thing. I want to cut through the smoke here real quick and uh let's just say some stuff went on, right? So in case anybody knows. What she's saying by that some stuff means you sneak off with your little girlfriend, get your first hand job, and nobody's looking. That's what she means by some stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, it was hand jobs. It was full blown. I mean, I about to say. I mean, I, didn't, I don't even know if I knew about hand jobs. I knew about it going all the way to like, home base. Full blown. Well, um. Most of my lock-ins were when I was younger, right? And we mm. we weren't so wild back then. Just to be honest, mm. I hate to be the old man here. But like I was 13, 12, 13 in the early 90s. So like you, it was it was scarier back then. We had just gotten right. over, we were right in the middle of the AIDS thing. And, you know, mm. so it was a it was scary. It was bigger. But we were we were more innocent, I think, because now mm. I hear stories of like now it's like if you're in high school and you haven't had a threesome yet, you just ain't living, you know, and mm. I'm like, right, oh, right. I, mine because i i dated a girl for eight months before we eventually had sex like it was crazy you know you you had to work for it back then now it's just candy but and it's not even that it was dudes going off to smoke joints when nobody was looking or smoke cigarettes drink some whiskey they stole from their parents or right like that but like the the lock-ins were always fun because that was just for the kids and our lock-ins sound like they were a lot different than yours because our lock-ins were just about, you know, everybody bringing your video games, you know, we'll all play Sonic the Hedgehog together. And, and, but that, that, that happened because I, I remember like spending a night at the church before and like, we just had like a bunch of sleeping bags or like, when we like watching movies and it'd be like, it'll have you separated by like age appropriate or whatever. And I remember that specifically because I remember my mom used to always like try to make me and my sister 
share like blank together. Like, yeah, and I'd be like, no man, I don't want to share. Her. I want to have my own. Yes. And so yeah, yeah, I, I I do I do remember. So I mean, yeah, I think it was I think it kind of had its balance depending on what age group or whatever. But I I but I guess my question still stands in the same. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying like because those were always for the younger kids. Like some of the older kids would come too, and those were the people that would sneak off, you know. Uh, but it was to me, it was just always fun. I mean, of course, they sit everybody down in the beginning. You'd read a couple scriptures, talk for maybe twenty minutes, and then it was just it was like a giant sleepover. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you bring your you bring your sleeping bag, but nobody really ever slept anyway. Everybody right. just see how long they can stay up together eating right. little Caesar's cheap pizza and, and playing Mario and whatnot right. uh, and, and watching movies, just like you said, you know? Yeah. But I guess, but I guess, so I, I still, I still pose the question in the sense of what are you guys opinions on like the productivity of it? Because I know Janessa, you kind of even touched on like, you know, maybe the intentions of it or, you know, it, it could be a good idea if it's more, if it's more contained. Um, but I guess, like for me, I feel like the purpose of what they were trying to do. I don't. I don't know if they ever realized the opportunity they were creating. You feel what I'm saying? Like, cause, like, I mean, if you're telling me, like, okay, boom, these people I go to church with all the time, and of course, you know, you got a different. You may like it, church, flirt with whatever. And now there's a situation where, like, we can all spend a night at the same place. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's. That's opportunity. Like I don't at this point, I don't give a damn about getting whatever the church was trying to get me to get from it. You feel what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm full throttle in oh, okay, this 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 me and Shanique will turn. You know what I'm saying? We we about to go to the little bathroom by the office in the education building that nobody they On don't the never floor. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So so I guess so that's that's more or less my question. Like what what do you guys think? In reference well, to that, I guess. Let's, w- let's welcome Kelly first, and then I'll give you my answer. Because hey, I think uh, I got Hey, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Lee, popping. Excuse my Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah, it's on <laughs> us tonight, because Rudy, Rudy's a little sketch. <laughs> He's talking, but but his lips aren't moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in answer to and we're, we're talking about lock-ins right now, and in answer to your question, Rudy, the most productive thing that I think it does for kids is it, it instills a sense of community around the church. You all get together. You have a great time with all the kids. Maybe uh, somebody gets in a fight, like you said. Maybe somebody sneaks off, does something. There's always a couple of wing nuts, you know, and a couple of nefarious things going on. But in general, it makes you feel a, a sense of community. You feel safe in the church with everybody around you. And I think that subconsciously definitely seeps into the kids and they think, okay, well, the church is a safe place. The church is a place I can go when I need, you know, to feel comforted. Right. You know, plus it makes yeah, it fun. It. It's boring for kids. So, you know, right, but, 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 but not even so much like the younger kids, I'm talking about more or less the teenagers, like the teenagers, the people who are at the age of like, not only my hormones are raging, but like we, we, Cause like even with kids, kids may try to like sneak off and get their first little kiss or dry hump or something like that. But I'm talking about like, mm-hmm. like I went to church with with, with, with teenagers who was smashing. Okay, yeah. that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm smart. 
Yes, locking. Yes, during Sunday service. <laughs> Wednesday night before Bible study, when they had the teacher, uh, the Sunday school teacher meetings. Right. Damn, I knew that they were, you know, hugging, touching, loving. You know, like I knew that they were hugging, touching, you know, kissing, doing all that. But, but having sexual relationships. <laughs> In the church. What are you, Medea? <laughs> <laughs> Just say sex. They're having sex. What? Yeah. No, yeah, no, definitely. You know, you know why those you ever seen like a group of skater kids and that group of skater kids just gets around and sits in a parking lot somewhere, or you see a group of teenagers just hanging out in front of a grocery store or something like that. That's the same thing they're doing. They're building a sense of community with their friends. They feel safe in that circle. All those lock-ins, all that stuff, they're just trying to take that out of the parking lot and put it in the church to associate that with that sense of community. That's what I, mean. I get. I get that. I get that. Whether but this is what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. You know. But it's, but, but it's what I'm, but this is what I'm saying. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. How productive is that? Like, if you're saying, I don't want y'all to hang out in the parking lot, so I'm gonna let y'all. And we ain't talking about it, like, cause don't get, I've been on like overnight stuff where it was just all males, you know what I'm saying? So that that's one thing, like that's more productive. We can we can get across to these guys, but when you're talking about you, we're going to like with these full gospel conferences or different church conferences, we were going to a whole other city, Baltimore, Detroit, New Orleans, what you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're you're not with your parents, like you're with chaperones, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's and, 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 and you're not talking about like one chaperone to one kid, you're talking about one chaperone. Like, like, to, like 12. four, five, 10, yeah, 12, <laughs> whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 40 kids on the bus with five adults. You know what I'm saying? So, like, people going, you're going to figure it out. And the adults is not staying in your hotel room. Like, they in their own little thing. You got whatever. So. We used to put tape on the door. Um, So the chaperones would put tape on the door. And then, Rudy, you look so drunk or high or something over there. But no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking down. I got the ring light right in my face. Like it's a lot going on. I'm he got bad internet. You know, I love when we, when we started this. He's like, "Oh, my Wi-Fi is terrible, and I'm really uh, sketching out over here. So I'm just gonna have to lessen my contributions." I'm like, "There's no way you're not gonna talk about it, dude. Like, come on." That would be like me saying. That would be like I'm just gonna sit in the corner and say nothing. No, that ain't gonna happen. Not really. Not at all. No. Not at all. But no, they now I forgot the point I was making because Rudy got me all distracted. What was I talking about? Tape <laughs> on the wall. Oh yeah, we used to put. Yeah. So when we had the overnight trips, um, they used to put tape on the doors, on the like the chaperones to put tape on the outside of the doors, and so right. if someone opened it, they knew in the morning. Um, right. And then there was a consequence. So that was one way they tried to keep uh, students. Or, or, sorry, I'm at work. They keep kids in there in their rooms. Yeah, but that doesn't do anything. That just means you get in trouble for the thing. You can still do the after thing. the fact. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, like, it's definitely a lot of trust there because, like what you said, chaperones in every room. Let me tell you something. I'm 15, 16. And I have the opportunity to get laid. I remember who I was back then. I don't care how much tape you put on my door or how many consequences there are. All right. I'll go to jail. <laughs> I'll 
also, I think Rudy. Teenage boys' hormones are ridiculous. Like, forget it. It's, you also, I think there was a. Oh, sorry. It's not, no, it's all right. I'm just saying, like, you can't punish it away. It's. I think there also, at least with some of my experiences with lock in specifically, there's this like umbrella notion that, oh, I know the kids here and I know their parents. And there's just like this, oh, I know they're good kids. They're not going to do anything. But just being in that group, in that age group, I know some of them, some of them kids had <laughs> stellar parents. You know, they were active in the church. They was, you know, in the in the choir, on the usher board, on the praise dance ministry, and they were whole freaks at the church. Okay. Um Oh yeah. So I don't know, like somebody acts like just because you go to church, like you stop being you. No. Yeah. You're, you're just you in the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So but I, still, I, like I don't I like okay. it. Go ahead. Janice's co Janessa's coffee cup says peace, and mine <laughs> says this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, if, well. maybe if I had more peace, uh, I would have more sunshine. Oh, my. Um, but to, you know, and I'm a little late to the conversation, and so I don't know what the general consensus was about the productivity of lock-ins. But I would like to think um, that they were productive. Um, like Terry said, it, I mean, it got you out off the streets um, for a weekend. Like I know for us, we had um, certain criteria that we had to, you know, we had to meet before going. And so you had to know like a certain number of scriptures. You had to know like, you, you know, those type of things before you should, before you could go. Um, of course, it doesn't stop, like you said, hormones and those type of things. I think youth ministers and leaders do the best that they can to um, stop that. But I think those are, I mean, I still remember lock-ins in, in conferences and lockouts. And, you know, like I would hate for 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 them not to have those experiences. Because um, I had a really, really fun time. Um, I was, oh, sorry, Kelly. Go ahead. I I, everybody. Before you got on, I actually said that your church's youth conferences, and we've talked about this before, were the best spot on. And I was just saying in general that your uncle and your dad, just in general, are really great at making things uh, understandable and mm -hmm. meeting where people where they are, especially your dad with you, mm -hmm. and just, you know, relating to them by taking things that they were listening to or seeing in the real world and bringing it and putting a Jesus Christian spin on it. Um, so I feel like y'all's conferences were super productive. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, they were very well thought out, but even also just knowing that y'all had like the youth cancel um, and there was a lot of work put in ahead of the conference. And it was a lot of input from y'all as youth plus your youth ministers. Um, you know, I think that, contributed to it being what it what it has been all these years i know other churches though like i was saying before you got on who might not have like i would say they're not the best youth leaders but maybe they're older and can't relate to the youth or they're not trying to relate to the youth or they're not asking the youth input or they're asking their input and then that's it you know what i'm saying they're not they're not like engaging them in the right. process so that the conference will be you know, what it should be. 
Because um, I think when you have like a, a older leader who's not engaging or doesn't know what's going on, that's when you start losing people like focus wise. And that's when it's like, OK, well, let me see the who the cute boys from uh, Greater Piney New Beginning Full Gospel of Pentecostal churches. You know, like, let me go see who they brought. That's when the focus comes that and not whatever the conference theme is or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Mm. I mean, I was mainly just talking about the lock-ins, you know. Uh, <clears throat> we, didn't, we didn't do so many youth conferences. We did, uh, you know, you just revivals, you know. So you do revivals, uh, you know, and that's just like a couple of days. Everybody comes together, that kind of thing. The, the one that I think was really toxic, at least for me, uh, was you guys ever go to uh, youth camp like in the summer, like Christian camp, anything mm -hmm. like that? So how long is it? A couple, uh, well, I went a couple years in a row uh, up to Central Florida to go to a Christian youth camp. And I mean, I thought it was fun when I was there sometimes. Because it was just like a summer camp. It's, just, it's like a Christian-themed summer camp. But, mm -hmm. but it turned out, I mean, it was like, it got to be like a cult, you know? Like, it was mm -hmm. weird. Because mm -hmm. during the daytime, it was just all the kids, and you go swimming, or you play kickball, or you do this, or you do that, and you have fun, and it's great, you know? And it's it feels good. But at, at night or after dinner, uh, when they start with the services, they would get really intense, and it mm -hmm. would get really... Like they were, they were treating kids like they were adults, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. expecting to understand it, but they don't, they don't really grasp what they're doing. They're just kind of going with the flow. Like everybody else is doing it. Oh, your hands are up. So I'll, my hands are up. Right, okay. Right. Well, you're, you're, you're speaking in tongues. So I'll speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it, it was, it really just turned into a mob mentality. It wasn't about, uh, it wasn't about spirituality anymore. And it was, it, it was just that mob mentality. And I think that was really destructive. I mean, not necessarily me because I just focus on the swimming and the kickball and all that, but I can definitely see, like, I've talked to some people before that I knew back then. It's like, they're like, that was really, that was, that was kind of traumatic. And I was like, yeah, I could see how that could be. The case. And how long was the camp? Was it like a few weeks, a few months? Like, was it all summer? Yeah, it, like no, it would be like two, three weeks, you know. Two, three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, we but, never did but, anything like that. Um, but when you maybe, do it every day, when it's yeah. when it, when services every single night, that's two, a lot. Three weeks, that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't know what teenager you can engage like that with anything yeah. um, every day. I mean, even something that they, other than video games. Um, <laughs> well, that's every day that's a lot no we didn't have like we were on like trips for like a week like we used to do like mission trips so we would go to um like other cities and do um like different missions um or we did used to do this one camp um, my dad used to be a part of this group called young life um and they and it was kind of like what you were talking about terry with the um swimming and the kickball and the sports and all that during the day and then you had worship sure. services in the evening um, but that was only a couple of days and we stayed in like, you know, like dorm-esque rooms, um, cabin type things. Um, but that was only, like I said, maybe a week max. 
Um, but a couple of weeks youth camp, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I had a great time. Not only that, but, you know, it's kind of like Rudy and uh, Janessa were saying before. Like, you get, because it was like, kids of all different ages, and we all stayed in, like, cabins and bunk beds and stuff like that. But mm. some of the older kids would sneak off somewhere in the woods together, or, you know, some of the younger kids would mess around or do this or that. You know, it's just uh, it's just too much. It's if there's a, there's an Oscar winning uh, documentary called Jesus Camp, uh, and it's based on these kind of camps. I watched that and I was like, well, that's a bit extreme because obviously they took the most extreme one they could find to make the documentary mm -hmm. on. But mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not that far off from my personal experience, you know. Right. It's this is a little more intense. If this is a 10, I was at like a seven. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, no, uh, I don't think those are productive at all. The lock-ins were always fun. It was just about making kids have fun at church. That was right. great. Yeah. You know, whenever the day that we get my dad on, because my dad is totally down to come on the podcast. Like, he's, I haven't even sent it to him to hear it yet, but he's totally down um, to be here. So, whenever that comes, I would love to hear his thoughts on um you know how he how he felt about knowing the risk of putting um young men and young women together um you know and what that looks like sexually at that age um mm. you know just as yeah. a as a youth leader um you know what that felt like for him what responsibility he felt like he had what risk he felt like he had why he decided to do it in spite of um i felt like my father one of the things like Janessa said um there's he's so relatable and he gave us so much maybe sometimes too much string um to kind of do what we wanted to do as as youth um right. you know and there's a lot of risk that comes along with that um of it not being productive or it being too like one time he let us go out and do a scavenger hunt in Atlanta it was it was it did not go that well but <laughs> downtown Atlanta you drop off 200 kids and say, go explore five points. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I've been to, I've been to downtown Atlanta many times. And a lot of the times I shouldn't be allowed as an adult <laughs> to run around at night like that. It was during the day, but like I said, maybe sometimes a little too much string. Um, you know, but I appreciate it. I think that's what, you know, to Janessa's point earlier, and again, not to ever toot um, Beringa's horn, but toot toot. I'll toot um, it. <laughs> I think that's what made things productive because there was such a youth presence in the planning. But yes, there's, you know, and so I do think at the end of the day, you know, eight times out of 10, um, we got something from it. Um, but there are definitely, you know, those times where, you know, teenagers going to do what teenagers going to do. Um, you know, even coming home. Well, me, well I was just going to say, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that, um, do you think that what just say a, a teenager can get out of it was more, was worth it, I guess, and beneficial enough that just say that where if they did, smash in the process it, it that wasn't i guess as counterproductive you feel what i'm saying like I guess, like I, I guess that's the balance that i'm really looking at like like 
if, if, if I give these kids to say a worship experience or I teach them how to tie tie, whatever they learn from this experience. But while I'm asleep, cause I finally decided to get some shut eye, these kids and figure out a way to go smash. Like I'm, and whether you know it or not, I'm just saying like the right. overall in, in, in retrospect, like is, is that balance there or should you just not do it all together because that does lead to that opportunity. And so I feel this way. Um, one, like I said, I would love to ask my dad as a youth, as a former youth mm. pastor, feels. Um, but secondly, I would like to think that majority of the students weren't taking that opportunity to engage in relationships. Um, that most of them weren't. Um, I wasn't. Let me say. Is that because of the tape on the door, or were they just not doing it? I mean, I just think for, for multiple reasons, they just, they just weren't, I would like to say most, you know, I would like to say 51% of the people weren't, you know, even if the other 49 were 51, you know, like I said, are they going to hook up? Are they going to talk? Oh, he's cute. Let's exchange numbers. We didn't hung out all night for sure. You know, but I think you're talking about a, a different, you're going to someplace different where you're talking about, you know, having sex and, you know, those type of things, but are they going to connect? I mean, that's what men and women do, period. Um, but do I think, I, no, I would say, I would definitely not say not have it, not, not have it at all. Um, mm. because I think that, we, like I said, I'm 33 years old and I can still remember vividly 15 years ago doing lock-ins and lockouts and conferences, um, doing mission trips and like I said, short-term youth camps, like those shaped some of my life. Some of my, some of my best times were doing those things. And I think it right. gathers a group of students that aren't, sorry, I say, you know, I'm a school psychologist. I work in school, yeah. um, <laughs> but it gathers a group of kids that what I love about good youth ministries is that it gathers a group of kids that may not be accepted traditionally in the schools. Um, and so they have a place, like Terry said, where they get a sense of community, a sense of belonging. Um, because a lot mm. of times being a teenager, being a kid is hard, you know, and if you're that awkward kid, if you're not in sports, if you, you know, mm -hmm. don't dress well or, or if whatever, you're really obnoxious, you're easily, right, no. exactly. You're easily isolated in that traditional school setting where you spend most of your mm -hmm. time. But I right. found that. At Berean youth ministry was such a the youth ministry was such a safe haven for so many of those students that just didn't fit in otherwise. You know, did we still have clicks, the popular ones and all of that for sure? But I think that um, my dad did a good job of noticing gifts um, and bringing out those gifts. And I felt like mm -hmm. life gave students or gave kids time to explore those because we would have talent shows. You know, mm -hmm. other you know other little random things where people where kids felt like they belonged. So I definitely feel like um, the benefits of it, if done correctly, um, outweighs the risk. Um, right. Let me give you sure. a good, I'll give you a great example from my life about what Kelly's talking about. I, I, at least I think um, my father had a, <clears throat> a church once in Deerfield Beach down here in Florida, right? And uh, the he ended up fighting with the mayor of the city um, over the fact that they were trying to they were outlaw they were outlawing skateboarding in the city. They were saying no skateboarding in public. Period. End of discussion. And my father went to bat for the kids in the community and said, "Hey, man, they're just doing something good. It's just exercise. They're just doing this. 
oh yeah, it might be a little intrusive. Some of the old people might be, because that's what happened. The old people were complaining that the kids were skateboarding and this and that. Um, so he went to bat for him, ended up fighting with the mayor of the city, splitting wow. the, politi- the, the politics in half between some business owners that were supporting it, like Kirk Cottrell, who started uh, Island Water Sports, which is a skate and uh, surf shop. And other people, other politicians who just wanted to outlaw it and just say, no, no, it's period. It's uh, they would, you know, they're basically just looking at them like they were thugs and whatnot. So, you know, what my dad did my dad collected money from business owners and built a giant skate park in the back of the church and said, hey, this is private property. Come here. You don't you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to sign right. anything. You don't have to do anything. Right. Come here and you can skate wear a helmet and you're good. And that's it. And that was back in the late 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But that's what it takes. That's what I'm saying. All these things, these lock-ins, the conferences, even the camps for that matter, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It matters who's doing it and what their intentions are. Are you really trying to do what's right? And where's your heart? Are you trying to just get a, a new crop of members into your church or are you really trying to do something good to make your life and, and the people around you better? So it really comes down to intention. Terry, and I think I think what you're saying is 100 percent correct, but um, it, it doesn't necessarily lean on, I guess, even still what I'm asking. I mean, Kelly, I, I got your answer in reference to you saying like the, the risk value or whatever like that. Um, but it's but it's not even so much about because see this th- those lock-ins and stuff like that for the most part, weren't even about uh, just say getting new youth to come to the congregation. It was more or less like, even like on Halloween, like we would, you know, they would just bring us to the church and give us candy. So we wouldn't have to go trick or treat. you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, it was, it was always always like a substitute of instead of y'all going and just saying hooking up or, you know, or going and hanging out at American adventures or whatever on your own, We'll just do it as a church, you know what I'm saying? And that way, you know, because because people even feel like, you know, like your environment matters. Like I was just uh, talking to somebody today about like how, you know, like the spirit that Vegas has on it. Like when you're in Vegas, I don't care who you are. Some part of you makes you just say, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll just do something that you wouldn't normally do. You will. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 And it doesn't have to be cocaine. It doesn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? Something like super crazy, but I'm saying, but something about it will make you just be like, yo, it's Vegas. Like, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't normally do this, but it's Vegas. And I, and, and I feel like youth leaders or whoever sometimes may feel like this is church and yeah, they, they may try to talk to each other, but I don't really think they're going to cross that boundary. But then those boundaries are crossed. You feel what I'm saying? And, and even to Kelly's point, it's not a hundred percent. I'm not saying every kid that goes is screwing. I'm not saying that, but, um, but I, I guess it, it, it does, it does trigger my mind in a sense of just curiosity. And I would like to hear your, your dad's point of view as well, Kelly, because I know like even for myself and, and for my other like male friends that we were that age, like we would want to go to conferences and stuff like to, to go meet girls and try to figure out, you know what I'm saying? How to do something that we can't do in our parents' house. You feel what I'm saying? Like we, right. we in a hotel in another city. You feel what I'm saying? And we ain't have tape on our doors. We ain't got no tape on our doors. You know what I'm like they say, if, you're in a, if you're in a different city, it doesn't count, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that too. I think th- 
kind of listening to what Kelly's experience was and kind of what our experience was, I think if, you know, there was a, a more or a better way of keeping the two men and women separate mm. after the church events or the classes or whatever was done, uh, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. But <laughs> because I think for us, maybe not so much with Kelly it happened so much like all the time it was just part of the experience unfortunately mm. Um, mm. but I agree with you Kelly like I got a lot of stuff out of some of the ones that I went to and, and I really appreciated just that opportunity to kind of I felt seeing like somebody actually understands what I'm going through somebody's mm. actually um, you know bringing something that I listen to or I watch and I'm not getting shamed for it or told like, I only need to listen to Kurt Franklin or, you know, stuff like that. So I really appreciated those uh, conferences and lock-ins, but I definitely think there could have been a, um, a better uh, chaperone, I don't know, chaperoning or better just supervision for the outside of the activity stuff. You, you can do your best to chaperone kids, but they're going to do what they want to do. You can't watch over them 24 hours a day. Try to teach them good values. Try to teach them the right way. And like Janessa just said, try to teach them that they're not bad just because of one thing or another. And they're not terrible people just because they want a skateboard. You know what I mean? That's why I told that story. Saying, no, you're not bad just because you like this thing. Here, come here. We'll help you. We'll watch you. And by the way... <clears throat> You'd never be able to do that today. There's just that was before the whole lawsuit craze and all that. Because I mean, if he'd had a brain on his head at the time, you're like, what's gonna happen when one of these kids snaps their femur and right. sues the church? You know what I mean? Right, right. So That's right. Like, not no good deed goes unpunished. The best thing we can teach our kids, and I'm speaking now, I'm speaking from personal experience. The best thing that we can teach all these kids and I don't have them, but I look from the outside in. just teach them that they're okay. Teach them that they're good and they have the capability of good. And then, cause that, isn't that the, isn't that the point? Teach them good and then send them out into the world and hope for the best, but you can't, you just can't control everything they do. Just make them feel loved. Tell them they're okay. Tell them that, you know, they can do right and it'll be right and then send them out in the world and hope for the best. That's it. That's all you got. And to that point, because I think at some point too, um, for the, for the, for the kids at that time that were out there having sex, um, they were going to find a way to have sex. Like kids find a way to do what it is that they want to do. Um, right. And so, yes, you know, once a quarter, we have this youth event, you know, where they can spend the night or, you know, or whatever. And we give them, you know, another opportunity, but they're going to find that opportunity anyway, whether I'm going to sneak yeah. you into my house, whether we're going to, like, I work at a high school, whether we're going to have sex on the stairwell, whether we're going to have sex in the back of somebody random car, like, we're going mm. to, do it, you know, like, yeah. they're going to do it, you know? And so I for me a, to. Yeah, I had a van in high school for a reason. <laughs> Right. Like they're going to define that way, you know, and so to say that we're not going to do youth events um, because of this risk, like I said, they're going to do it. Um, that's one. Right. Two, I can't imagine what that looks like now. So think about 15 years ago, um, 
10 to 15 years ago when we were, no, excuse me, 15 to 20 years ago, my Jesus, I'm old. Um, <laughs> when we were youth, we didn't have cell phones. Like the access to get to someone else wasn't as easy. You know, I can't imagine now where I can shoot you a quick text and say, hey, meet me in the bathroom in five minutes. Hold on, hold on, Kelly, we, we ain't that old. We, we, we definitely had, we, you had a cell phone in high school. With minutes, and, and I can only I send so not. many texts. With minutes, with minutes. <laughs> but I'm saying, but I'm saying, but cell phone. Do you know what I had? I had beepers. That's what we had. We had beepers in high I never had a beeper. Yeah, but I'm saying I, I lived through the era of beepers as well. But I'm saying, but like I don't I don't want to make it seem like because I, I I and, and granted I don't recall getting a girl's number at a conference and texting her, but I do remember having a phone. So I don't I don't think it was is but as it was because now think how, how easy my point is think of how easily accessible communication sure. and conversation are between two students. You didn't even, like I said, I had a Nokia phone that had, I mean, I know There's I no had only right. had 100 minutes a month. Um, mm. You know, like here, you can do a quick, quick phone call, a quick text message, a quick DM, a quick whatever, mm. and hook up. I've gone on whole trips without talking to somebody at all. Like, right. you could well, do you that. Can send you can send nudes anytime you want now. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, and now they're trying to, they're trying to prosecute the kids. For child pornography, because a 16-year-old girl sends a 16-year-old boy a nude picture and he has it on his phone, and they're saying, "No, that's child pornography." And they're trying. Yeah, that's deep. Yep, that goes back to what it goes back to what Rudy and Janessa were saying about. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the danger of over-parenting. That that you said you needed better chaperones, but the problem with that is comes from anybody ever see Lean Lean on Me. Uh, yeah, no. I've seen, yeah, I've seen. I said no. It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen the show. Okay, back. what? Okay, what did Crazy Joe say when he was trying to fix the school? He said, "If you want somebody to act like an animal, put them in a cage, and they will." Well, if you want to act, if you want to tell somebody subconsciously that they're bad and they can't be trusted with their own actions, then monitor them twenty-four hours a day. Because then it just puts it on them, like, oh, I, you're right. I, you're you're a grown up, and I look up to you, and I, and you're telling me that I can't be trusted with my own actions. Yeah, but I, but I mean, that's still that's what you're saying is correct, but that's still different than a youth conference or a locking. Because I'm telling you, like, we literally, like, we would go to these conferences, and we would have like just say Holy Ghost experiences. Like, people, I mean, I've seen people. You know, just say have you know tears, worship, whatever you know. What I'm saying like or learn something, evolve, whatever. Like it's it's not that like they were going and like nothing was being accomplished in the sense of like the, what the church was trying to provide. But I guess I'm, I'm thinking about the balance. Like what what does it cost to to do that? Because granted, at least to my knowledge, I forgot. Uh, pregnant or anything and so i don't i don't think like a huge disaster um and i, and I guess to a certain you can't con if like you just you just have to put tape on the door and just you know manage as best as possible you know what i'm saying but yeah. i i think that i think that um it's like I say, it's, it's one thing to like send your your daughter or your son to prom 
with a group of kids. And like, I feel like depending on whatever your parameters for their, their curfew or whatever, like it's a good chance your son or daughter might lose their virginity or have sex or whatever on their prom night. You know what I'm saying? But like, I feel like that's a different mindset than if I'm sending a church in, you know what I'm saying? And my kid come back, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Sexually, they have sex or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just I different. Parents' perspective, I do. Well, when it yeah. comes to that, though, the best thing a parent can do sit their kid down, tell them, "Look, yeah. there's yeah. nothing wrong with having sex. There isn't. You should wait until you are married. You should wait because it's safer that way. But if you don't, if you can't, or if you love somebody and you get that feeling, just be safe. Te- teach them how to be safe." Tell them the responsibility. And that's it. Just tell them it's a responsibility. Don't just throw it away. Don't just, you know, make sure, treat it like it is. It's a special thing. It's an intimacy thing. Yeah, but but Terry, 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 I get, everything that you're saying is correct, but it's still not, it's still not addressing what what it is that I'm asking. Like you're, you're, you're still going to a, because that's, that's, that's just a life lesson that a parent needs to have with a child. Right. But I'm still saying you're going I'm talking about like it, like if you're doing anything involved with the church, like you're going to want that to just say push your child, at least at least in, in church experience. That I've dealt with you want that to push your child away from things of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like if I wanted my child to just say, go do whatever they can. It's plenty of parties or people house. They can spend a night over. They can sneak boys over whatever. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm and once again, I'm not saying this always happens. But the fact that it does happen, that I just I think it is an awkward balance. I, I I don't think that y'all have the answer, but it is an awkward balance of let's bring these kids in, let's let's get them off the street, let's teach them something, whatever the case may be. But then once we go to sleep, it's thirty five kids here. There's two chaperones, and the chaperones they are they adults adults, so they're going to bed at night. They're not finna be up to four in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Watching to see who running around or whatever. Right. They're going to that's sleep. What, that's what I said. What if you had 35 chaperones for 35 kids? How is that going to make the kids feel? But but I'm saying, but it's it's not a you're you're like you when you're when you're monitoring them in reference to like just say a lock-in, that's different than overshadowing them as a parent because at a, that's what I'm saying, at a lock-in. That opportunity is there. That's almost like going to grad bash or anything. Like I'm getting away from my parents, very little chaperone, a bunch of kids. You feel what I'm saying? I'm saying like that, that mindset of opportunity is going to always present itself to, especially the teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not, it's not just like, Oh, this, this church event. Let me go get closer to God. This, you know what I'm saying? But that's my point. You keep trying to look at this with hard eyes. You got to look at this with soft eyes. You I'm looking at this with experienced eyes. You can't. I'm saying you can't force a teenager to to be a way that you want them to be. You can only. But it's not about that. It's not. A, it's not about how they are. It's not about how. Just like you just said, whether it's at a church event or whether it's at a party, you, all you can do is teach them well and hope for the best. That's it. Right, and that's and that's you're you're right, but that's that's still not. The point of, of what I'm saying, because it's, it's and, I'm, and once again, I'm not saying that any of y'all have the answer. Like, I mean, I think that it would be more, you know, just say sincere if we heard it from Kelly's dad or somebody who was in the position of planning it so that we can see whatever that perspective was. But I'm just presenting the question because to me, 
I'm simply saying that I, I think that that is a, there is a, a give and take in that decision-making to say, let's bring all these kids in overnight or let's take them somewhere out of town or whatever like that. And it's co-ed, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that that's a, you know, that's a, I don't know if you want to call it a risk, but that's something that you have to really take into consideration and plan carefully if you want to control it and just say get the Bible lessons in without having the extracurricular activity. I And look, dude, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying about the duality of whether uh, whether bringing all these kids into this opportunity is a good thing or a bad thing, even if you're doing it with the right intentions. I get that point. But. I think a bigger thing that you're doing when you take kids out of their hometown, you take them away, but you take them in a safe way altogether and you give them new experiences. It creates vision in kids, because the thing is, if a kid never leaves their hometown, right, from the time they're born to the time they're 20, chances are they never will, because the world isn't big to them. The world is small. It's eight blocks that they live in. It's one county. It's one region. What you're doing when you take kids on those trips is you're showing them the world is a bigger place and it's filled with bigger opportunities. I think that is the biggest positive that you do when you take kids around like that, you know, is you're showing them that the world is big and you can be big too. You can do these things. It creates that self-confidence, that vision, you know, that, that nonprofit my father started, Young Adventurers, right? That's what it did. It took kids. It put them in a van two weeks on the road. Go somewhere. See some. That's the first time I saw the Grand Canyon where you're at was on that trip. I got to see that America's big and the world was bigger than I thought it was. And because of that, now I've traveled to 13 different countries. I've owned multiple businesses, written three books. I've done all this because somebody taught me that I could and that it isn't so hard. And it's not that big of a deal. So you say just going to New Orleans. Yeah, you might get laid and it might be bad. And some, you know what I mean? But a lot of things might be, uh, you know, space debris might fall out of the sky and hit you on the head. That might happen too. But what we can do is we can teach them positivity, teach them that the world is big, but they can be big too. That's how I was raised. I want to say it again. You're absolutely correct, but we're talking about two totally different things. I just want to let you know that. All right. Like you, what you're saying, what you're saying is that you're not wrong about anything that you're saying. We're just not talking about the same thing is what I'm saying. I mean, but, but, but should we send these kids off together or should we not? Yes. Like right? I, said, I think Terry's point, it, it, I mean, I think it does in a, in a sense of, to Terry's point, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're saying, and I call it risk, you know, that the that the benefit of it is greater than the risk. Yes, exactly. you know, we know that the some people are going to. Yeah, you know, yes, we know that some teenagers are going to go and smash, as you call it, um, you know, or do whatever. As, I call it. <laughs> as, as kids say these days, smash. Um, I call have it sexual bangs. have sexual relationships with each other. Um, you know, but the but the benefit of it all, I think, when done correctly, um, and it sounds like Terry and I have had some good experiences. Um, and so when done correctly, I think the benefit outweighs the risk because I think if the kids are going to smash, they're going to smash. Um, exactly. and I get 
then I can get your point, Rudy, where you say, you know, from a parent's perspective, I've sent my child um, to, you know, to church and they come back pregnant, um, you know, but then a part of that is um, the conversations that you've had with your kids, you know, about sex. Um, you could at least told them to put on a condom, but I digress. <laughs> but you're exactly right. A hundred percent. It's just what I said before. It's not what you're doing. It's who's running it and what their intentions are and how they do it. That's it. Right. But I think most youth ministers, youth leaders, youth pastors have great intentions when they are planning these lock-ins, youth conferences. For sure. Um, right. you know, and so, but like I said, I would love to hear from some of them about the risk associated with it and how they felt about it. But I think for us to be honest, and this is a random tidbit, I think the lock-ins were probably easier to manage. Like we had lockouts too. And so on the lockouts, we would stay up all night. So it would be like, it'll start at like 6 PM and it'll go to like eight in the morning and we would stay out all night. Like we would go to, you know, um, go-karting or to... Atlanta Fun Center or something of that sort. We would go laser tag. We would go to all of these different mm -hmm. things um, mm -hmm. all night long. And so we would stay out all night. And in between, like I said, my dad is super spiritual. We would go and pray at places. And, you know, that's when we would go pray at ship clubs and all that good stuff. Um, we would do those things in between. I think the lock-ins were easier to, because we used to, so the building that we were at when I grew up, um, it was two different buildings. Um, across the street. So the guys would stay in one area and the girls would stay in another. And so I think that was easier to manage um, when the lock-ins than the lock-outs. Um, because definitely about that two, three o'clock in the morning thing, like you said, it's adults, you know, adults, adults um, guarding it. Um, you know, and they falling asleep at the table at the, <laughs> you know, at the laser tag, you know, and so it's definitely here, you know, and then you have this you know, 10,000 foot building that, you know, you're doing laser tag here and bowling here and blah, blah here, you know, and so definitely a lot of room for kids to go and do what they want to do. I think the lock-ins were probably easier to manage um, mm. than than some other things, but no, nah, I, 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 I personally think churches, and I hope, and I don't know what youth church looks like now, um, but I hope that it continues to, to do those type of things. Um, I think it was beneficial. I remember some of those trips more than I remember some traditional high school experiences. Um, Janessa, you to be honest. Oh, no, you I was just going to say that I, I hope, I think in today's world, like, and I don't know, because kind of like you, Kelly, I don't really know what the youth ministries are doing these days, but I would think that in today's world and with just, not only with technology, but with Me Too and you know, just everything that's going on that ministries don't operate the same way that they did when we were younger. I think like just the like Terry was saying about, you know, if somebody broke their leg and it would be the church's responsibility, the liability. Like, I think people are kind of thinking on that wave today. Um, so when they're planning or at least I hope when they're planning youth activities and whatnot, you know, they're taking that more into consideration and maybe doing what Kelly was saying they were doing back in the day where, you know, you got the men across the street and the women over here or whatever it may be. Um, because I just think from a legal standpoint, a lot of stuff that was happening back in the day would be a huge problem for the church today. Um, so. Well, I mean, look, just to surmise the whole point that I was trying to make, 
it's not on the church and it's not on the church leaders. They can only do what they think they can do. They can only do what they think is best, right? They can use good intentions and they can try to do good things. But when it comes to kids and how they're going to behave, it doesn't matter if it's a church function or a Friday night party or the back of a car or this or that. The best thing a church can do is teach parents to be good parents and teach their children well. That's it. Because at the end of the day, that's it. Parents, mother and father, that's the words for God on the lips of children, right? They are your gods when you're a child. Your parents are the biggest things in your life. So if we can teach them to teach the kids well and that make good kids, then it really doesn't matter what situation they get put in because they'll make good decisions because you taught them to make good decisions. So I think the best thing a church could do is be like, let's do a parents conference before we send them off to the kids conference so that we can teach the parents how to teach the children how to act when they get out on their own. You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds good in theory. I don't I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know if it'll play out that way. But I mean, I, I think that if it, if it did, well, it would work do. for sure. I think it would work for sure. But I just because because I'm even just thinking about some. I mean, because sometimes you do have people who go on those overnight conferences, whatever like that, who could be just a friend of somebody who go to the church. You know what I'm saying? And the church got no control over how that parent parents that kid, and you just gonna get whatever comes with who you know whoever they are when they so. Um, so I mean, I get it. I I I I get how it could trickle down. Um, and once again, I'm not against the youth events or whatever. I'm not saying it should be shut down. Um, but it just did make me think about that balance because while you are trying to accomplish something, it is at the risk value, like you said, of, of, of opening up a, you know, a door that just say kids, man, because, because it's almost kind of like, you know, yeah, if kids going to smash, they're going to smash regardless. But it's also a thing, such thing as making something easier on somebody. It's like, you know, if a burglar want to break in your house, they can get in, but it's much different if the door is open. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's, it's one thing if they got to work their way into the house as opposed to if I'm saying, yo, just go ahead and walk in. Um, and so that's why I think that balance is there. Because I think that you yeah, are doing something very good with this exposure. Say it again. I said, yeah, but some people are putting tape on the doors, right? They're putting tape right, right, right. Which means, and that's what I'm saying. And, and the tape is a good idea. That's what I'm saying. I, we no, never had the tape. That's no, what I, it's I wasn't, a terrible idea. Yeah. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. It teaches the kids it's that they're trusted. But they can't. Right. <laughs> that's the point. Right. Yes, they can. If you teach them That's well, the point of me bringing this conversation. It can we be. couldn't be trusted. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're I gonna have to, to bring you on the to this hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that's about I'm it. I'm just saying, you're gonna have to right. trust them eventually. And like I said, you can put all the tape on the door you want, but if I know a girl that wants to smash, guess what? I'm just taking the lashes when they come. You know what I mean? If I'm if I'm 15, 16, and those hormones are raging, if somebody would have just, you know, somebody fortunately at least taught me like the responsibility of it. And maybe it was because we just were right at the height of the AIDS crisis, you know, and it seemed more serious, but I think that's way more effective is to teach them how serious it is. 
Like, yeah, I know you want to do this thing, but if you don't do it right, you could ruin your whole life. And if you get that message into their head, then yeah, they might still do it, but at least they're going to do it safely. And that's the big thing. Hopefully. Because I mean, I, I, I was told them same things and I made a lot of stupid mistakes since ever since then. So, I mean, well, you can't you fix know. everybody. Some people are going <laughs> to fuck up. That's it. No, that's facts. That's facts. Um, try to save the herd, not the one, you know. Right. Just try to save the herd at least. It's all we can do. Right. Let the Lord be the shepherd, you know. Right, right, right. No, I got you. Got you. All right. Well, cool beans, man. Um, does anybody have anything else uh, for the group or, or anything you got coming up you want to plug? Um, you know, you guys popping out here in these streets or something? <laughs> well, I do. I have Don't launched you. Melanated Brews. Um, it's my new baby. It's a blog on all things brewed. So that is coffee, tea, and beer. Yes, I love beer. Uh, I'm sure some of the saints are clutching their pearls, but oh well. Um, so if you are, you know, you like coffee, tea, or, tea or beer, um, follow me on Instagram, Melanated Brews, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok, but you know, when you make, you know, when you start off, you got to take out all the all the names. So right, um, right, yeah, follow me. I'm excited. Yeah. Lit, lit. Congratulations. That's dope. Yeah, congrats. Awesome. I'll follow you. I think I saw the Facebook request. Yeah, I think I sent it to you. <laughs> I, did. I saw it. Right before Kelly, what about you? You got you got you ever started your dispensary or what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> nope. All here. things we Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Be high for the Lord. <laughs> I'm going up yonder. Going up yonder. Going up yonder dispensaries. No. Follow us at the worst ones, PK. There we go. Follow us at the worst ones, PK. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I, I don't know what happened to Terry, but um, God bless him if he comes back or if he doesn't. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's if he had anything he wanted to say. Um, but good conversation, guys. I think. Oh, here you go. Yeah, this is a good conversation. Um, Kelly, I guess we have to just kind of coordinate to see when we can get, get your dad. We might have a lot of questions for him. We, we done brought up stuff. We just like, hey, hey, why did why did Adam and Eve eat from the tree? Let's start. Let's start. <laughs> and go all the way to Revelation. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how many, if you're going to ever come back. So we're just going to get all the questions in now. Right. Um, gotcha. All right. Well, Terry Wayne, if you can hear us, uh, great job today, sir. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys. Anybody for, for listening to watching, uh, you can check us out on Spotify and all platforms where you can find podcasts. You can just type in the worst ones podcast, look us up, uh, like subscribe, leave us a comment, uh, share it with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Share it with your church, let them cr clutch their pearls. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> shout out to Janessa, her new company. Uh, I'm out here on this road in the Grand Canyon with my terrible Wi-Fi. So, you know, I'll be I'll be better next week. And um, I think that's it. It's all the church announcements.
Uh, <laughs> 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 Not the church outfits. Oh, I'm gonna click the wrong thing. <laughs> Hold on. It's technically over. I'm just trying to. 